Welcome. I am a small, fuzzy, middle-aged woman, unexpectedly named Turl Kronberg. And in the very front of my brain, I have an exceptional little bit that I call the wise turtle. She is the most thoughtful, observant, and compassionate part of me. And this podcast is her platform for speaking to the world. Her aim is to try to understand the patterns of growth in the universe and use those discoveries to help us all uncover the most important, inspiring story of who we are and where we want to go as Earthlings. I hope that you enjoy her musings. Namaste. In a riverbed. Uh, it's a shallow riverbed. There's a little bit of trickle. Uh, there's, there's some water. It's refreshing. It's nice. And you're standing in it. Nice bare feet and you're walking through the river. It's very sandy and comfortable. And you come to a split in the river. There's, there's a little blop of land that the river goes around. So you have a choice of going right or left, uh, walking down either direction. Well, imagine if instead of that, you had the option of splitting yourself in two and walking both directions. Both of them would be you, but after having walked a different way, you would be a different you. You would have your same previous memories, but the future memories uh, and experiences would be different. So you would be, there would be two yous, but there would be different yous. Very similarly to uh, twins, identical twins. Not quite the same, but similar because with identical twins, at least with mammals, obviously, um, there's a single egg and there two sperm. Uh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not how it is. That's non-identical twins. Um, there's a single egg and a single sperm, and it just all splits uh, before everything starts. You know, it, it gets, in, the egg gets inseminated, and a human starts, but that combination of human gets split in half. So, it is actually very similar, this, this story here. So you, you're in this river and you're splitting your identity. Um, one of you, one copy of you is going one way, again, identical copy, uh, with the exact same memories, is going one way and the other one is going the other way. Now, each of those yous comes to another split, another set of splits, I should say. Um, for the most part. 
and then those divide. Now, each of those is a copy of you, but different, having taken a slightly different path each way. So the previous memories, the memories coming up to that very first split are the same, but after the splits, things are different. So you have different memories and different experiences. So you're different yous, but you're all still the same original you. So you're the same and different. Now, as you continue on, the river doesn't only split. It sometimes comes back together because, for example, if there's an island, you can go to the right around the island or you can go to the left around the island. And there are different things, experiences on each side. But then you come back together on the other side of the island. You can join the same river again. And so you can actually meet up again and share experiences and sort of become a single thing again, but with different experiences, different pasts. Mostly shared, but some different. And this is one of the crucial things that we tend to not notice when we're looking at, say, evolution, um, both of ideas, information, and of genetic physical packages of information. We forget that there's this recombination part. We, we think of things as a tree, um, but the river comes back together. The river of life, this, this passageway through matter and energy, particle physics, quantum physics, dividing things, they also recombine. And that allows things to um, share information. So the, the individual you that went around to the right can share information with the individual that went around to the left. And you, when you recombine, you remember both of those experiences and you can pick and choose which one was more important, which one was more interesting, more meaningful, had the most, you know, valuable whatever uh, experience for carrying on into the future. And you, you might actually forget what happened on the other side because there's only, when you, when you go to the next step, there's only a certain amount of information that you can keep in your head because you are one individual thing. So you might actually forget a bits of the past from when you've gone a different direction and it wasn't so useful. But you did go that direction and very likely there's a little bit of that information still there. You, your memories, when you remember things, this is the same in your brain. Um, when you've experienced something the memories are all, for the most part, still there. Um, not 100%. I mean, we don't remember absolutely everything. There are some things that we definitely just forget. The, the neuronal connections just disintegrate. But a lot of the connections are still there and just not used very often. So a lot of our memories are not necessarily repressed, although that's the case to some extent, but they're just not used. But then one day, out of nowhere, out of the blue, you'll be in a situation that reminds you of something and you'll be like, oh, I remember that thing from 20 years ago that I haven't thought of 
since then that was kind of interesting. You know, it wasn't hugely impactful to me, but it was, you know, it's a little interesting, and I'm glad I remember it now. So this is the way the universe works as well. The whole of life and evolution and the evolution of the universe and matter and energy. It's this way of exploring all of the possible paths. Go to the left and to the right every time we come to a fork. But then the river recombines and that way we get to share information about the different experiences that the universe has had. That if we go left in the river, you know, there might be a monkey there. If we go right in the river, there might be a robot. <laughs> and once we come back together and rejoin ourselves, the universe, the, the, the path that we've been going through, the matter and energy things, revisit one another. Because we're not just... It's not just spreading out infinitely into smaller and smaller bits. It's spreading out in a web, in a network, in a connected sort of fabric weaving where we're interconnected and everything is... Um, because we're exploring all possible nooks and crannies, we can't just keep dividing because then we lose some some parts. If we if we only go left and right around the island and then never come back together, we miss the part that's on the other side of the island. We miss the back part of the island. Um, but if we come around the island, we encircle it completely, and that means that we have to revisit the same point because the island is, well, generally circular <laughs> uh, in some form of you know, topological, topologically, it's, it's round. Um, it's a unitary object. So we have to meet up at the other side again. And when we do that, we can share information about what our explorations showed. And because the universe is this infinite explorer experimentation of going every possible way, we end up with all possible combinations of stories. Every story they can possibly tell in the universe of how things happen and how things can combine, all the matter and all the energy, each different coin flip of, you know, let's go this way, okay, let's go this way, we're going to try contracting now, we're going to try expanding now, and all the possible combinations of the contraction, expansion, matter and energy, uh, quantum physics, spin up, spin down, whatever, in every level of detail, um, gets covered. All of these possible combinations get covered. So you can think of life as a grand experiment. And when you go out there and you are uh, exploring the world and creating things, you, you can realize that why you're doing this is because the universe is literally covering all the possible patterns. It has to create every possible thing that can be created. That doesn't mean that everything can be created. Remember, I said all possible. Um, you can't, there, there's some things that just can't happen. Um, you cannot turn, uh, 
you know, can't do, quote, magic. You can't do fake magic. You can only do real magic. <laughs> real magic is following the laws of fix physics, uh, the, the real laws of physics as opposed to the ones we think there are, uh, which are just a vague map of approximation. They're making approximate <laughs> estimates about what the real physics are. But the real physics, uh, you can't violate. The, the real laws of the universe of however things are able to structure themselves. Um, we can't violate that. Meaning we can't immediately turn, you know, a building into a potato. Um, that, that, that just doesn't happen. Um, at least not in the, the, the meat space real world that we're aware of. Uh, certainly in virtual reality we could do that. In the matter, you can't turn giant globs of matter into some other glob of matter instantaneously. There has to be a transitional process because matter and energy can't be created or destroyed. So, but beyond that, everything that possibly can happen, every possible split of, you know, going to the left or going to the right through the river, around the islands, and whatever else is in the middle of the ocean and in the middle of the river, every possible split gets taken. And then we recombine, and then we, that's the creative, there's the destructive and the creative force. The destructive force is when we split, and the creative force is when we come back together and we make something new because we're combining the two different experiences. You know, the one that goes left and the one that goes right gets recombined into a new one. And instead of just doubling up, it actually, it makes something new. Um, it's a little hard to explain in my brain anyway right now. But, uh, you know, if you think of genetics, how genes combine, you know, you have the mommy gene and the daddy gene and they combine. And instead of getting the mommy and the daddy gene as a double thing, you actually weed out uh, some of the stuff so you, you end up with the same amount of, gene, of genes. Um, so you, you know, it's the same thing with your memories. You, you forget some things, but you learn some new things. But yeah, so this whole thing is one big grand experiment. Your life is just one of the stories that can possibly be told in the universe. And while it may not be the best story, it's probably also not the worst story. Of course, we have to feel extremely sorry for the person, the individual, whatever, animal, vegetable, mineral, that has the worst story. But to some extent, that individual may not even feel they have the worst story. Because really, what is the worst story? The worst story is before the beginning of the universe, when nothing happened. And none of us are there. None of us remember that, certainly. That's because there is no memory there. Um, so that's probably the worst story. This, the second worst story is the Big Bang. Okay, the universe started. Thing happened. Everything just appeared. Okay, we're done now. That's the worst story. Second worst story, maybe. Um, so, you know, by the time we get to humans, and certainly all of the other living things on the planet, whatever they're made out of, animal, vegetable, mineral, fungi, whatever... We all have at least vaguely interesting stories. I mean, 
I, I challenge you to go out and find some individual who hasn't experienced something unique, uh, something interesting, something that's, you know, just unexpected that you didn't imagine could possibly happen. Uh, certainly look at the fungi. <laughs> start, start looking at some mushrooms <laughs> if you want to see some. You think they're boring. I mean, they, they, they don't invent technology. They don't date. They don't, you know write books, they don't make movies, they're just kind of sitting there growing and then they die. But man, look at what they've done with how they grow. It's, some of them are, and you know, what they do interacting with uh, the insects and other things that they sometimes use to help them spore and stuff. You know, it's amazing all of the different possible combinations that can happen. And, well, each individual one of us certainly can't experience all of them. We encounter many of them, and that's when we recombine. That's our recombining. When we're, when we're experiencing um, an interaction with another individual, again, animal, vegetable, mineral, alive, not alive, whatever, when we're interacting with this other thing, individual thing, we're learning something about it, and that's us recombining the, you know, we're getting a perspective from the other side of the island, the other path that we did not take, we can learn about from other individuals. And then when we take their information into us, that makes us more interesting. That makes us have a different story and every time we interact with something we're getting a new story and we're adding to our stories and as we go through life we pick the best stories to remember the best stories to incorporate in our story and then when we can share our story with someone else they pick the best of our stories and so we're all just continuing to add to the stories of the universe as we split and then recombine, we, we help the universe know itself. As Carl Sagan famously said, each individual thing in the universe is experiencing something different. And the more we connect those stories, the more unified our story becomes and that's what I believe um, and also I just saw a thing about the Pierre de Chardin um, idea of the I forget what the name of it was I'll probably put a link to it in the blog um, description on my blog um, he had this idea oh he, newosphere n-o-o-s P-H-E-R-E, new or new, yeah, newosphere. Um, the idea of a, a unified planet that communicates um, fully, so it basically has a, a full nervous system. Um, and I th I'm not sure he said circulatory system, but he was definitely thinking of the nervous system, the information being shared planetarily. But obviously we also need a circulatory system for a, a fully functional organism as well, but he, I believe, was just thinking about how we share information globally. And he was saying that, I think, at least 100 years ago. It was a very long time ago, certainly. And he was saying that because of probably the phone or at least the telegraph or something. I don't even remember when it was. It might not have been quite that long ago. Um, 
might have even been television, but I don't think so, because he was a Jesuit priest, I believe. Um, but yes, the idea that the more the more we interact with diverse individuals from around the planet, the more we're able to find the best story of what our planet is. And then eventually our whole planet will have its own sort of story. It will have come together in a, in a much more unified thing. Um, so the river will like, we'll all be in this giant river. Uh, and the giant river is essentially our whole planet. So experimenting and then sharing our experiments. So sharing is the creative force. Experimenting is the exploring force, I guess you could say. So we explore and then we create. And those two things, which we do, we all do both of those things, some more than others. Some of us are more focused on the creative aspect and some are more focused on the exploratory aspect. But we all do all of these things. Um, you cannot create without exploring and you cannot explore without creating. Um, at least not for very long. So the more we do this and the more we interact and create and explore and create and explore and create and explore and interact with diverse individuals from all around the planet and beyond because um, we're interacting not just with humans off the planet you know up in outer space but we're also interacting with the actual starlight and the uh, the radiation and whatever coming from the sun and everything so we're interacting with all this other stuff as well in a in a somewhat less obvious way. But certainly if you go out into the sun, you're noticing that you're interacting with that radiation because it's warm um, compared to when you're in the shade. So you're even aware of things that are, you know, technically unreachable, but it's reaching us in, a, in some way. Some of that matter and energy is coming from far distant places, you know, through telescopes or directly like the sun. And uh, we're interacting with that thing. And we're, so we're adding to this grand story of the universe. And the more we unify the information systems, the communication systems, so that we can reconnect to things that are even distant to us, that strangers we've never met, we end up being able to connect with and share stories, um, share information. And so that unifies us as a giant planetary and maybe eventually solar system, and maybe eventually whole galaxy. You never know how far this can go. Um, the laws of physics seem like it makes communication different, but the fact that we can see stars, you know, light years away means even if what we're seeing is in the past, we're still connecting in some sense. And the more technology we develop, the faster that communication will be able to be. Lasers are obviously, you know, light being as far as we know, the fastest way to communicate information. Um, I think it takes eight minutes from the sunlight to get from the planet, I mean, from the sun to the, our planet. So, you know, that's pretty fast for a vast distance. And uh, it's, it's still in the past, but um, the more we're able to communicate closer to the speed of light, the, uh, the more connected we become, the more our stories get robust and interesting and add um, elements that you couldn't possibly imagine in the past, but that you suddenly discover and you add that to the story, to your own story, and then you share your stories. And 
all of the best stories get picked about what's the most interesting stuff in the universe. And again, yeah, maybe some of the boring stuff gets gets forgotten. Uh, not all of it, but you know, we, we do remember some of the boring things of our lives. We go back and we say, I remember sitting in lunch period uh, in uh, eighth grade and eating a bologna sandwich um, or cheese sandwich or whatever, listening to my little tiny tape recorder that I had brought with me with a tiny little earplug. That is not a very interesting story, but I remember that. That is an actual memory I have. So we don't remember, we don't forget all the boring stuff because you know, some of the boring stuff isn't is useful to know in comparison to the other stuff. Um, so yeah, so our universe just keeps taking most interesting information and adding it to the information it has and then it's just one great big grand experiment to explore all the possible combinations all the possible paths through the universe and then combining those into one grand story of the universe that it's aware of it's waking up the consciousness um, it's like a, an infant human um, they start off with an, basically uh, an empty brain, a, you know what they call a, a blank slate. Of course, the slate is a thing, so there is structure there already. Um, but the more information that gets added to the brain, the more experiences the the infant has, the more it gets an idea of what the universe is, and and that just keeps going. People tend to think that the brain stops, you know, in the past, people had this steady state theory of the brain as well as of the universe that it was just kind of always the same after a certain period of time. But that's just clearly not true. Our brain continues to develop, we continue to add things, neurons continue to grow and change and die and then grow new connections and and there's even evolution um, brain development that changes the structure of the brain we know at around age 25 the the teenage brain sort of rewires itself and settles down and then our intellect is our, our prefrontal cortex is a little more settled and then at age 40 there's another change where the prefrontal cortex uh, becomes able to function both sides at the same time as opposed to one or the other and there's probably another one i'm gonna guess at around age 65 because that's what my math tells me the fibonacci sequence tells me um suggests so i'm gonna guess that the, it's predicted the one at 25 and it predicted the one at 40. so i it's so far been extremely accurate unpredictably so uh, I was like, no, this makes no sense. And then it totally accurately predicted the, the brain developments at those ages, the dramatic changes. Um, so I'm guessing there's one at 65, and then there's one at, I forget what it is, 100 and something, um, which everybody's like, humans don't live that long. I'm like, humans don't live that long because we don't know how to take care of ourselves. Some humans live oh, well over 100 years, and... Uh, and they're still living in, you know, an environment that is dangerous. And so you never know what's possible until we really understand our bodies and our environments and what we need to flourish and grow healthfully. Um, if we actually ate, not just, you know, 
if we had an abundant um, level of really healthy food. We've never had that. We have had abundant crappy food, and we've had healthy food but not abundant. Uh, there may have been a few people here and there who've had abundant healthy food, but for the most part, we haven't. Um, we haven't had super healthy environment with, you know, pollution coming in, you know, once the medical stuff started sorting itself out a little bit and we started to learn how, you know, to avoid and, and escape certain diseases and things, then we started the Industrial Revolution and all sorts of other problems came, like cars killing, you know, more children than anything else, <laughs> um, or at least certain ages, you know, after birth or something like that. It kills more children than anything else. Automobile crashes, you know, deadly weapons, killing little children and young women apparently too. So, you know, every time we every time we solve a problem, we seem to invent a new problem. So, but hopefully we're getting a little better at eliminating the problems. And I imagine humans will be able to live much longer. Um, so then we can experiment and create even more and add more to this universal story of what the most interesting stuff is and uh, have a unified awareness of reality. I mean, each individual of us, animal, vegetable, mineral on the planet, isn't going to know the whole story, but we're going to have a bigger story than we had in the past. And that's always been true. You know, each generation um, sort of uh, recalibrates its story about what reality is, which is why science sort of, the theories of science sort of jump. <laughs> They're kind of little leapfrog things and technology and things like that tend to leapfrog. You know, the, it's really hard to understand something in science, the theories, and, and it tends to be rejected by the status quo. But then uh, once the new people come around, it's, it's more normal. You know, they experience this, this new thing as just any other thing that they're learning. And so they don't have that natural rejection to it. They're open to it because they haven't been taught something else that they have to rewire their brain around and reincorporate. So they're just taught it new and they're like, okay, this is new information. This makes sense. I'm fine. Um, so science sort of tends to change in these lump little uh, what do they call it in evolution? Uh, punctuated equilibrium, um, which means that things are sort of the same and then suddenly they change. But that's because the generations come along and the new generation changes it. The old generation, you know, had a little bit of the change, but it was resistant to it because, well, whether it's physical genetics, you know, obviously the genes don't change in each individual. Uh, but the epigenetics can, or the information can, in the memes. So things do sort of jump when generations change and we evolve in these sort of almost digital steps. I mean, it, they're not totally digital, but they're they're not linear either. They're they're wave-like, you know. They're kind of curved. They're little waves up and down. So things change. But as things change, we do in fact progress. So it's not just a wave, but it's also a spiral. Um, which is like a corkscrew. A wave plus a spiral is a corkscrew, depending on how you combine it. But yeah, um, So that's how we move forward. And our stories 
just keep incorporating new information and new ideas as we interact with one another and reconnect our information. So continue to explore and create as the grand experiment of the universe is. And you can also take some comfort in the idea that even if you don't have the best story in the world, almost nobody does, but even if you don't, even if you have one of the worst stories in the world, you still have an important story. You still have something that the universe needs to know. You explored some avenue that no one else explored. You did. I can guarantee it because you're a unique individual. So you've taken some path that no one else has taken and you can tell the world about that path, whether it's bad or good or neutral. You can say, I took this path and this is what happened. This is the most important information that I've found and I'm going to share it with the world. So keep going, keep experimenting, keep sharing, keep exploring, and uh, take comfort in the fact that you have something to offer that no one else does, and the universe needs that. Whatever you did that was unique, take your best information and share it. And uh, I wish you well. I wish you a good story, and I wish you sharing good stories and I wish you discovering other people's good stories as we all experiment in this universe and figure out all the possible combinations and which ones are the best. So I'll leave you with that and if you want to contact me my email is thewiseturtle at gmail.com and my website is turil.org turl.org that's my name turl and um, if you want to find me on Reddit, I'm user Turl. So if you go to www.reddit.com slash user slash Turl, T-U-R-I-L, and if you add a slash overview, you will get all of my posts and comments. Um, if you just go to user Turl, you now go to this new thing, which is just my posts, which is fine if you want to do that. But the overview has everything. And you can also find a couple of communities that I moderate there, including Holistic Enchilada, spelled W-H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C, Enchilada. Um, that's a community that I tend to use the most for putting my stuff on, and you are more than welcome to put your stuff on. Anything that you want to share, um, whether it's personal or political or philosophical or scientific, um, it's a it's a place that you can definitely interact with me. Not a ton of people will see it, but I will definitely look at it, and there will probably be at least a few other people seeing it who are very interesting people. Um, so please, please come visit if you are interested. So anyway, I will leave you with that, and I wish you all the best. Namaste.